0: The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Welcome to you too. Thank you for that welcome. Why don't you join me just in welcoming the guys who are joining us in Leicester, in London. Come on guys, let's welcome them. Leicester, London, Cafe Church, welcome to you. Anyone joining us online, great to be with you on this part three of this great series looking at Psalm 23. I wonder if, if you or anyone you know is one of those people who reckons they've got a great sense of direction. You know, you know the kind of thing, if you'd, if you'd asked me 30 years ago and you'd said, you confident, Simon, that you, you always know where you're going, I'd be like, yeah, I don't need a map. Even if I look lost, I know where I'm going. I need to ask anybody. I can turn a map the right way up. We never get lost. Anyone know anyone like that? They're never, ever lost. Well, the thing is, I've discovered over the last 30 years that when it comes to directions, especially in travelling, I actually need all the help that I can get. Now, some of that has come through kind of experience. When we were first married, my wife and I, nearly 30 years ago, We had the routine, and normally I would drive and she would navigate, but we we switched it once so that she was driving and I was navigating, and the the mandate was to get us to St. Anne's to school, and I managed to navigate us to Blackpool to a car park. (laughs) So I I think there may be others around here who would agree that actually, when it comes to direction, we need all the help that we can get, and I I love sat-nav's. about you, I love that little thing that sits in the car and you can put, it feels like I can put any destination into it. First of all, it will tell me where I am, which is sometimes very helpful. And then it will give me directions moment by moment, almost minute by minute to get me there. This is the best thing for me in the best possible time. Anybody else love the sat-nav, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? Well, I've got great news for you today as we look at these verses in Psalm 23. When it comes to navigating the journey of life, that we have a God who is far better than a Satnav, who sees the whole picture, who loves us, who's personally with us all of the time, sitting in the car of life with us, who knows the end from the beginning, who knows the journey we're going, and wants to get us to our destination. Just just look at these wonderful verses we're going to look at today in Psalm 23. David says this. Let, Let me remind you. He says, He, talking of the Good Shepherd, says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort and console me. I have fantastic news for you today. Whether you're good at navigating or not, it doesn't matter. We have a God who loves us, who's got a great plan for our life, who, as David says here, is totally committed to getting us into that plan, will walk with us on the journey of life, and when we follow his ways, it's the best way to live. Now, I I don't know what your situation is right now. Maybe you've never given your life into the hands of the good shepherd and started a journey with him. Well, I hope that today you'll consider it. And wherever you are, that by the end of our time together, you'll make a decision to put this shepherd first in your life. You'll find out that his paths are the best paths. Or maybe you, you are a Christ follower. You, you're one of his many sheep, but you know you've got off his path. I've got great news for you today. You can get back on the track of his plan for your life. And for all of us, I really want to remind us of the goodness of God. And for us to to leave our time together with fresh confidence in his power and his ability to look after us and get us into his plans. First thing that we we see today as we look at these verses, this wonderful shepherd is, He leads me in right paths. Why don't we, we say that together? He leads me in right paths. Now, I don't know how many of you can remember the old kind of banners that you used to get sometimes in church buildings, maybe still sometimes do, kind of made out of embroidery. Look look a little bit old-fashioned nowadays. Well, my wife made one for us in our, our early years of marriage, and it used to sit at the, the bottom of our stairs. And it's actually a banner of a particular scripture that for us has become a foundation of who we believe God to be. This is it, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah says, speaking as the Lord says this. This is God speaking. He says, I know... I have the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, I don't know if you're aware today, God has a plan for your life and for my life, and that His plan is a good one. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. As David says here, God wants to lead us. Why? For my good and for His glory. He says here, for your name's sake. Now the picture that David's giving us here in the the Psalms is a a picture of a sheep, a shepherd with the sheep, sorry. And I want you to have in your mind, try not to have in your mind a kind of English pastoral scene. Don't, Don't be thinking of the wonderful Yorkshire Dales, be thinking of the Middle East. Okay, we're talking about a fairly barren land where for a sheep, there are lots of dangers. And the picture that David's painting for us here is of a good shepherd who knows where the right paths are and of the sheep who are lining up behind that shepherd in confidence that he knows where to go and he'll get them there. And then actually for the sheep to get off the path is a great danger. If they stop following the shepherd, what's gonna happen to them? Well, they're gonna go around around in circles, probably get lost, or actually at worst, they're gonna end up as lunch for someone else. Actually, you see, the Good Shepherd, they've come to know the Good Shepherd knows where the pasture is. The Good Shepherd has, if you will, a map in his his head of where to go and how to get there. He's able to protect them from predators and he's able to make sure they get to their destination. And all the sheep have to do is to follow him. In the New Testament, Jesus identifies himself as the Good Shepherd. And in John 10, he describes his purpose as the good shepherd in these words. John 10, 10, he says this, I, in other words, the good shepherd, I have come that they, the sheep, that's you and me, may have what? Life. Life. What does the good shepherd want for us? He wants life and he wants us to have it to the full. This is the foundation of all guidance. This is the, the bottom line for everything God wants to do in your life and my life, that he is good, he has a great plan and he wants to get you right in there. His plan is to prosper you and to bless you. And not only that, he is able, however daft we may be as sheep, he is able to get us into that plan. So I, I've been uh, following, seeking to follow this, this shepherd for around right about 35 years. And as I look back over my life, I know there've been times when I've, I've got off track, times I've been right on it. But the thing that I'm always left with is just how able He is to keep me on track and to get me into His plans. Uh, so many times, I'm sure those of you who are Christ followers, that you'll be able to think of times when God has intervened in sovereign ways to keep you on His plan. I'll uh, give you one example. Uh, as many of you know, I used to be a teacher. There's one particular time when I felt the Good Shepherd was leading me to apply, to train, to become a head teacher. Now, if I'm honest, um, I wasn't that keen because it looked pretty scary and the qualifications were really rigorous and quite high. But anyway, with the encouragement of others, especially my wife, I ended up applying to go on the training. Now, the clincher for me, though, was the day when the organisation running the course had to ring the school where I worked to get a, a verbal reference on me. Now, it just happened. There was only one person in the office when they rang, and that person happened to be my wife. She was not not a secretary, she was a teacher. She happened to be sitting next to the phone. She picks up the phone. They go, the first thing they say to her happens to be, do you know Simon Deeks? She goes, yes, I do. They don't ask her her relationship to Simon Deeks. They just say to her, do you think he would be able to be a good head teacher? She goes, oh, yes. (laughs) And starts to reel off, I'm sure an accurate measure, all my great qualities as to why I could become a head teacher. Now, Here's the thing, that actual, that thing was a clincher for me, made me realize I'm not just making up, I've got a sovereign father who's got a good plan, and He is able to get me into that plan, sometimes even if I'm not sure about it. I mean, just think about it, the level of detail required to get the right person in the right place at the right time, answering the right questions. That's what our good shepherd is like. He's the sovereign Lord. He can get you into where he wants to get you in here. It's so much better than a satnav. I don't know if you trust a satnav, but the sense is God can see the end from the beginning. He knows where the traffic jabs are. He knows where the best places are to go. He knows when we need to stop. He knows when we need to accelerate. He knows what he's doing. And I, I want to encourage those of you who right now are in the middle of decision making process. I know many of you will be in the middle of job seeking or university or, or school. Or relationships or financial issues, whatever decision you have to make, I want to encourage you put your full confidence in the shepherd. He's good and he knows what he's doing and he will get you into his plan as you seek to stay close to him. But the thing is, we do then have to make a choice. You know, it's not enough to say he's got good plans and paths for me. We need to make a choice as to where we're going to walk. Because what David says here in the Psalm is is, this shepherd leads me into what? He leads me into paths of righteousness. In other words, God's got a plan and that's what he's leading me into. Now, when we're making decisions, how do we know that a particular plan of action is actually a righteous path? Well, let, let me suggest that on the paths that Jesus leads us in, there are two boundaries to that path. On one side is Does this decision align with the Bible? Simple as that. Do you know, you can make almost 90% of your choices around the fact, does this align with the Bible? And please hear me on this. If it doesn't, Jesus is not leading you there. The shepherd is not taking you down that path. The second boundary on this path, if you will, is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Is he giving you peace about this decision you're making. These, those are the two fundamental barriers to the path, boundaries to the righteous paths Jesus wants to lead us in. Now, for me, when things are more complicated than that, as they often are, I, I will want to ask close friends, what do they think? I want to use my limited common sense to work out the pros and the cons, and sometimes to look at circumstances, are they aligning? But the primary thing is, are they in line with God's word, and is the Holy Spirit giving me peace about them? You know, as as we come into a season of prayer and fasting as a church, you know, prayer and fasting is a fantastic way to align our hearts and lives to the voice of the shepherd. I'm sure all of us want to hear the voice of the good shepherd clearly. I want to encourage you, make the most of this next three-day fast and believe during that time, you're going to have a greater sensitivity to hear his voice. I wonder if, like me, when you're driving, you ever try to outdo your sat-nav? You know, I, I, I have occasions where there are, there are journeys that I go on where I've set the satnav, and I think I know better than the satnav, particularly if I know the area. And uh, occasionally, particularly when doing a certain road called the A14, uh, I'll, I'll see, oh, it's blocked again, and the satnav is saying, "Stay on route." I'm no, no, I'm, I can find a better way. Now, do you know, every time I do that, because the satnav has got better at what it used to be, I get frustrated. I get delayed, and I end up, most irritatingly, being later at my destination than I should have been at other times if I'd actually followed the leading of the sat-nav. And there's also, do you know, how many of you get that voice that as you go your own way, there's a voice on the sat-nav going, make a U-turn. <laughs> have you experienced that? And the kind of, the more things you do, the stroppier it gets. Like, it starts quite nice, and after about three roundabouts, it's going, make a U-turn, get back and return to the route. You know, sometimes you actually hear the good shepherd saying that. And he says to us, you've got off the route. It's time for you to get back onto the route. And it's like there's a persistent voice. It's actually a good voice. It's a right voice that's saying, I've got a better plan for your life. It's actually time to do a U-turn. Do you know that the greatest danger for sheep in, in the Middle East is not usually just kind of running off. It's usually they, they nibble their way out of the plans and purposes of the Good Shepherd. They, they're on track and they see, oh a nice little bit of grass and they go and have a nibble. Then they go and see, oh another nice little bit of grass and they go and nibble it. Then they go and see a, another nice little bit of grass and they go and nibble it. Do you know, most people, how they get away from the good plans of God is not usually they wake up one morning and say, let's get away from God, but they just nibble themselves away from the right paths of God. And they suddenly find themselves feeling away from the shepherd and wondering what's happened. And what's happened is you've nibbled yourself away from a good God. As we've been praying uh, in preparation for this service, we always have prayer meetings before the start of every service. Believe there are people for whom today you need to hear the voice of the good shepherd saying, make a U-turn today. Get back onto the path of the shepherd. You may think, no, no, I've gone too far away. No, you haven't. One of the very definitions of who the shepherd is, is he's, came, is he's come to seek and to save that which is lost. You can never, ever go too far to make a U-turn. If, you, if you've head down the path of a wrong relationship or a wrong decision, turn around today. Turn around, come back to the one who's able to heal you, to restore you to help you cope with whatever's coming next in life. Maybe, and I actually believe for some of you today, today could be a very significant day in your life when you look back and you go, I made a decision that day to turn back to the good shepherd and I never regretted any bit of it. Get on route, stay on route. See, this good shepherd, he's a wonderful God. He leads us in right paths. But actually, David says it's even better than that. He says, not only does he lead me in right paths, secondly, he leads me through dark valleys. Why don't you say that with me? He leads me through dark valleys. You know, David here, the psalmist, he makes a most amazing declaration. You kind of have to catch his heart here. He says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. What is David saying? He's saying, in the most extreme events of life, the things that are the darkest and the most difficult, and he's making a declaration, I will not be afraid because you are with me. Now now when he says that, the image that he's got in mind is of sheep going through what they call the valley of the shadow of death. Now what was he referring to? Well he's referring to their valleys in the Middle East where sheep would pass through, where it's such a, a deep valley, the sides are so steep that light never penetrates those places. They are places of darkness. And for the the sheep, they're places of danger because we all know what lurks in the darkness, predators and danger. In some ways, a sheep going through a valley like that may have felt like the cat in this picture. (laughs) Truth is, actually all of us Face times like that, don't we? We face dark valleys in life where it feels like there are predators all around us, where there's fear, there's anxiety, where life seems to have dealt us a really difficult hand and things are tough, or things happen suddenly. We feel like, I'm a Christian. How could that possibly be happening to me? And David is saying, even in those times now, we can make a confident declaration that this shepherd who's so good, he's gonna be with us and he's gonna carry us through them. You know, I mean, right now, you may actually be facing a time that feels like a dark valley. You may may have one in the past. Well, actually, when you think about it, you think, where was God in that dark valley? Or you may be looking ahead and thinking, how am I gonna get through this situation? Well, David is saying, when you get to know this shepherd, when you get to understand what he's like, He gives you at least two things. He gives you comfort and he gives you confidence. So what does David do? He says, actually, my eye is on the shepherd. It's on his presence. It's on his rod and it's on his staff. Now, now what's the rod and the staff? Well, the rod, this is a slightly stylized picture of the rod they carried. But basically, it's a, a tool that a shepherd would carry, which is basically a weapon. It's a short piece of wood, usually with some kind of thing on the end with, with sharp implements in it. And a shepherd was incredibly skilled at using that rod. He could throw it at any predator that came along so that the sheep were safe from any attack. David's saying, I look at the capacity of the shepherd to protect me. And he's also saying the shepherd carries a staff. Now, what's, what's a staff? Many of you be familiar with that, that kind of that, almost like a walking stick that the shepherd carries. But it's much more than that. Okay, it's designed to keep as an implement to keep us to keep shepherds on, to keep sheep on track. With that, that staff, the shepherd can pull a sheep out of any place that it's got stuck. He can get them back onto the track. He can put it, sometimes apparently they put the, the staff along the side of a sheep, along its flank, where they were going through a place of uncertainty just to say, I'm with you. It's safe. You're going along the right place. There's a sense of, as David looks at the shepherd, he's saying, look at what he's like. Look at his capacities. I'm safe with him there. I wonder if you can ever remember being a a small child and being afraid. Um, I I remember when I was really little, uh, I used to be sometimes afraid at night. And for me, it was the man under the bed. I never had a feel like there's a man under the bed, you know. As I've talked to other people, apparently that man's in different locations. He's been in the cupboard. He's sometimes behind the curtains. He's outside the door. For me, he was under the bed. Now, what does a child do when they're afraid in those circumstances? They call out, usually for their parents. I used to call out for my mum my or my dad. And do you know what I didn't want them to do? As I look back, I didn't want them to try and rationalize me out of this fear, I I was blessed with good parents. They didn't come in and go, oh, Simon, there's nobody under your bed. Don't be stupid. When do you think they got in the room, eh? That you think we'd have noticed. And how can they get both hands over your bed anyway? Who's going to be bothered to come into your bedroom at night? He's too busy next door scaring somebody else's three-year-old. It wouldn't have helped me to rationalize me into a place of peace. What did I need? I needed their presence. I just needed them to say, I'm here. I'm right beside you. Do you know? When we go through a dark valley, what do we need? We need the presence of the shepherd. We need to know that he is near. Listen, listen to this wonderful promise from Isaiah. It says this: this is, this is the good shepherd speaking. He says, "When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord." Your God. What is God's promise? God's promise is, I have always been with you. I will always be with you. And I am always with you. And who is he? Let me remind you. See what Isaiah says at the end of that? He says, I am the Lord. Remember what we heard two weeks ago? Who is the shepherd? He is Yahweh. He's strong. He's able. He's mighty. He's powerful. He's stronger than a, a shepherd with a rod. He's real. His presence is real. He can help you walk through any single difficulty in life. Do you know, this is the first place in the psalm where David uses uh, the personal pronoun. We've seen him. He's written about, the Lord is my shepherd. He's talking about God. But it's like when he gets to this point, it's like he turns and he says, you are my shepherd and you are always with me. It's no longer God. Somewhere out there, it's God here. It's because you are with me, I will not be afraid. Do you know, when you sense the presence of the good shepherd, his comfort comes. I cannot count the number of times when I've been afraid, but it's been his presence and his power that's brought enough, I use my words deliberately, enough peace and confidence to walk through that situation. And actually, as I look back on my life, I used to imagine there were times when he wasn't there. The truth was, he was there. I'll never forget when I realized he was there the day I got the news my dad had died. And as I realized he was there, nothing changed in terms of circumstance. But it was like, because he was there, the darkness lifted. Do you know, whatever you've done, whatever situation you've been in, if you've had a time when you wondered where God, He was there. Whether you could feel Him or not or see Him or not, He was there and He was longing to wrap you in His arms of love and peace and security. Maybe today you're right in a valley. You need to know the comfort of His presence. Don't run from Him, run to Him. Trust His promise. I am with you. Do you know... I think David's giving us a secret here. What does he do with that psalm? You know, this psalm is always meant to be spoken. He's saying, you are with me. Do you know, something powerful happens when people like you and me, out of our mouths we speak, God, you are with me. I might not be able to feel you. I might not be able to see you. But when we say, God, you are with me, I will not be afraid. Something shifts. Maybe this week you need to make it a habit. Maybe... As you face things ahead, you need to make it a habit of saying, I'm gonna speak out of my mouth. Father, good shepherd, because you are with me, I will not be afraid. I will walk with you. But actually, you know, when you look at this, not only does the presence of the good shepherd bring his comfort and his healing, it also brings confidence. It's amazing, actually, what David is saying here is this shepherd is so strong that no matter this is what he's saying. No matter what I face, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear any evil because you are with me. It's an outrageous declaration of confidence in the shepherd. Now, back in the day, um, I used to play a bit of sports. So we play a little bit. And they're not very good, but very keen and enthusiastic. If you played against me at football, you needed your shin pads on. <clears throat> Remember playing for, for one particular team. And uh, again, we were kind of, most of us weren't very good, but we had Steve Braun with us. Steve Braun, is one of my friends, and we used to call him Sport Billy. And he, he was like a team on his own. When we played football, he was like six people. He could shoot, he could tackle. I'm sure he was in at least three places at once. He could even head a ball in a deliberate direction. When I used to face those games of football, I often used to think, you'd look at the opposition, you think, I'm not very good. You might be really good, but you haven't seen who we've got. You wait when you see who we've got with us. You haven't got a chance. And I played better because of his presence. Now here's the thing, Kingsgate. Have you seen who you've got on your side? Have you taken a look recently at who it is who stands beside you all of the time? He's the king. He's the Lord. He's the sovereign God. He's the one who says, I'm with you all of the time. He's infinite, he's omnipotent, he's there, he's strong, he's able. Nothing is too difficult for him. And it's that sense when you get this, over time, and I say that deliberately, over time, as you get to know this good shepherd and what he's like, you start to say with David, it doesn't matter what comes my way. And I know some tough things will come my way. But whatever comes my way, because you are with me, I will not fear And what God wants to do is to give to people like you and me an overcoming confidence, not an arrogance, not a pride. It's not about how good we are. It's about how strong he is and his ability to protect us. Doesn't mean stuff won't ever go wrong. Sometimes stuff does go wrong. But his ability to keep us and hold us to the end. Tell you, uh, someone who knew something about dark valleys, the man, the Apostle Paul, and if you know him, wrote lots of the New Testament. He was a man, who knew something about dark valleys. Okay, he got shipwrecked. He got stones thrown at him to the point of nearly dying. He knew what it was to be rejected. He knew what it was to be fearful. He knew what it was to have doors of opportunity close on him. Okay, he knew what it was to go through dark valleys. But he also knew something incredible about the power and the presence of the good shepherd. And his confidence was in God's ability To strengthen him and make him an overcomer, whatever came his way. As I I bring this message to a close, I want to finish by reading some of Paul's words from the New Testament. And as I read these words, I want to encourage you, let these words rise up within you. Let them become comfort and confidence to you today. You, You may want to echo these words out over your own circumstances, your own situation. So let me read these words to you. Paul says, he says, What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God, and that word if there really means since, since God, Yahweh, the shepherd, is for us, who can be against us? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? He goes on, he says, Shall trouble or hardship, shall unemployment or persecution Shall death, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall danger, shall sword, shall disappointment, shall any sense of failure or the words of man. Shall they separate us from the love of Christ? What does Paul say? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't he good? What a God. Come on. And that's really what I want to leave you with. This message is really, it's not about the sheep, it's about the shepherd. What an amazing shepherd we've got, who's far greater than we've yet come to realize. As I finish, I'm going to finish by praying. But I want to ask you today, what's your response? As Paul says there, what's your response? Do you need to make a U-turn today? Do you want to get your life onto the path of this good shepherd? Do you need to reaffirm Your confidence in his ability to get you into the right place. You need to ask him for fresh comfort or confidence. Why don't you join with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your incredible goodness to us. Thank you that you're a father and you are a good shepherd. You are the greatest guide and you always know best. Father, I pray for every one of us that we would have a greater revelation of your goodness a greater confidence that your plan is the best way for us. I pray, Father, that you'd give us strength to walk through any dark valleys. I pray, Father, in these coming days, weeks, and months, that anyone going through a valley would know your presence in a new way and that confidence would rise. I pray, Father, you'd bring deliverance from past times when people have wondered if you were there and they'll find that you were. And Father, I pray over the the whole Kingsgate family, fresh confidence in the covering and protection of the Good Shepherd. If you agree with that, say aloud, Amen.